Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On today's show, we discuss broadband access issues and answer your mailbag questions. Press, what's poppin', baby? Hey, man, it's your world, baby. How you doing, bro? Man, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. Same old, same old. Ain't nothing, nothing change here. <laughs> did, you, did you did you order that snow that I had to drive two and a half two and a half hours through to get oh, down to Champagne? Man. <laughs> man, last week when I was saying, man, be careful, with Rose, brother. I'm glad you're there and back. You know, without any incidents, man. Because, dude, we getting we get some some crazy weather these past these past week, haven't we? <laughs> man, <laughs> it was sunny one day. Snowing the next, raining, sleet, man. Bipolar as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Mother, <laughs> mother, mother nature's low on balance right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, man. But man, brother, we keep chipping, man. We can see the end of light. Of the, we see that light at the end of the tunnel. So we just, just, just keep knocking these days out. See, Jules, man, I, this is why I like talking to you, man, because you put me in a good, you put me in a good state of mind listening to you talking. Because I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, Thursday, I was like, I'm driving, and I saw a semi truck, and I, I told so many people this story. All of a sudden, this semi it sped past me, you know, and I'm like, okay, you know, do your thing, semi. Then all of a sudden, okay. this thing started to like. It, you, you ever see like? Remember back in the day, the accordion looking uh, CTA buses. <laughs> this damn semi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It started doing like that little thing. It started jackknifing, and all of a sudden, it went over into the ditch. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> uh huh. And I, I, you know, I sped up because I was like, hey, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this thing gonna keep, you know, doing anything weird. Right. And then I, you know, so then I made a phone call and like, hey, there's an accident semi, whatever. They're like, oh no, we already got seven calls on that semi. I was like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> I was like, I hope this person's all right. That thing did not look good. Oh man. Ooh, man, that's one thing about man driving on that e way, that highway with it snowing. Ooh, mm-hmm. we had no traction. No traction. That's why I'm like, and what did I say last week, Jules? I said, I am in no hurry to get anywhere. Mm-mm. I was over there cruising. <laughs> Had the all-wheel drive up. I'm, I was like, I'm good. Man, man. Ooh, that's scary. I bet you that was just scary just to watch. Yeah, I didn't like it. You know, I didn't <sighs> like it. I, I hope the person was okay, man. I, I think more of anything, it probably just looked worse than what it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because it was a semi, but man, but that wasn't the only one I saw. I saw a Jeep, um, one of them Jeep commanders. That thing was in the ditch. 
uh, turned sideways. I'm like, yeah, see, you speed. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah relax. <laughs> yeah, you speed, dude. Yeah, you can tell when yeah when the car was in the ditch because last week when I went out to the uh, to the lake house, it was a few. I was about five, six, maybe seven cars over the ditches, and I'm like, man, these these cat. Listen, even if you have four wheel or all wheel drive, you still got to drive careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You still got man. Brother, man, I'm just glad you came, went out there and you you was all good, man. Yeah, man, I was good. And, you know, I stayed overnight because I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to try to test these roads going driving back from the mm-hmm. game. So I just stayed, you know, and I said, you know what? I'll just drive back when I know that all is clear. And, and the drive back yesterday was just fine. So all good, brother. All good. Man, cool. Everything What's else good again, though? Man, yeah, just same old, just working. Yeah, doing right. some OT, just you know, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, I know how it is for the for the for the rich and famous over here. You see, here <laughs> talking about making that making that overtime. I see you, Jules. I see you, Jules. <laughs> that, that means they probably gonna buy another lake house. <laughs> no, no, we good. Man. That's it. That's you it. good with the one? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's, man, it's, man, it's work. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't wait to check that joker out, man. Maybe this oh, summer. Yeah. Man. That, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's gonna be nice, man. It's gonna be nice. Yeah, come on out. You know so what I'm saying? Dope. Fire up that grill. Woo! Yeah. I'll bring the tools. Throw mm-hmm. the football around. Yeah. Cause I, I saw that y'all got a lot of room back there. Yeah, buddy. Let's jump into it, man. So um audience, we're gonna give a little fair file update from episode one. A little something new that we're gonna mm-hmm. do this season. So last week's show, our fair file was fair file on me asking the guy to move down a little bit because I felt a little crowded in my space, right? So yeah, Jules and I, so, we kind of went back and forth on that one, and <laughs> Jules was on my side, and so was the audience. So they caught foul on a young man that not only was crowding me, but not sitting where he should have been sitting. But, Jules. And, and, and those and those cookies. Don't forget about your cookies now. And ain't my damn cookies. You ain't lying <laughs> about that part. But, fake Jules, fake okay. They called foul on me for oh. refusing the replacement cookies from the gentleman on the row. So follow me for turning down the cookies. What? Yeah, man. They said I was being they said I was being more petty than usual, Jules. <laughs> Dale. Yeah, they got okay. me. Bro. They got me, man. They got well, me. Well, let but, me ask you the president, president let me ask you something. How, how you how you feel about that? Well, I told the individuals that, that that voted that way. I said, "Good luck getting your mailbag questions answered on this show." <laughs> they hope. I bet she's like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, what, what, what do I tell? What do I tell them on this show, Jules? When you come for the king, you better not miss. Now, y'all better be oh, nice yeah. to me around. It's true, man. Damn, better be nice to me, but. Now, Jules, they did, they did call foul on Brother Dub as well. So I wasn't alone. Oh, okay, okay. He let the he let the dude go in my box. Oh, and okay. the Cookies and the food. You know what okay, got you. Right, right, right. Got you, got you. Yeah, 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 Dub. Okay. <laughs> and in fact, I was kind of surprised that they gave me a foul because I was just expecting Dub to get the foul. So it's okay. I opened myself up to that one because they were like, "Man, they said your ass said you wanted your cookie. You didn't care about the replacement cookie." So I was like, "All right, that's fine." <laughs> That's fine. Damn. Okay. So they say you'd be a little petty, I guess. All right. Yeah, they say I'm gonna be a little petty. So I'm like, okay, you want to call me petty? I'm gonna show you petty. So, 
Listen, I got a spreadsheet oh, for those people that call me petty, so I'm going to show y'all how petty he is. I wish y'all would ask me a mailback question this season. I wish you would. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Now people going to find the people going to find where you at so they can see some cookies. <laughs> Dude, great. <right? laughs> hey, and these are some strange times cuz they will find us. That's why I like, man. I try to keep mm-hmm. myself anonymous out here in these streets, man. Mm-mm. You send us an mm-hmm. email. But you know what? We do got some good ass listeners, Jules, cuz you remember the time when I was telling a story about when, you know, I was growing up, you know, childhood toys got, you know, right. burnt. You mm-hmm. were awesome. You you sent me over the He-Man thing that still holds up this microphone over here. But there was other people, man, that were sending, like, gift cards. And they were like, man, go ahead and buy you a, a digital Monopoly game. And go ahead and buy you some, some action toy figures. And I said, you know what? I appreciate what you guys are doing here. But, man, give those gift cards to some organization for some kid where they can actually mm-hmm. get a gift. I'm good over here. And I said, I don't even deserve to have a digital Monopoly. That's for people like Jules. I'm good over here with just a regular Monopoly. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I can't even say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say that, man. I'm like, damn. Well, <laughs> oh boy. Hey, I'm, on one, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on one already, Jules. <laughs> damn. All right, let's get it to let's get it to today's fair file. So this one came okay. over from this one came over from Christopher, and what he wanted to know was, fellas, fair file on people doubting Ben Simmons' mental health claims. Now that he's close to returning to play after the trade to Brooklyn. So, audience, if you guys don't know the backstory here, Ben Simmons had a dispute with his team, the, for his former team, the Philadelphia 76ers. He didn't want to report. He just didn't want to be there. And then he cited mm-hmm. mental health claims as the reason why he was sitting out. So he sat out the whole damn season. He finally got moved at the deadline for James Harden. Jules and I talked about James Harden and how he had quit on multiple mm-hmm, teams. Right. That's probably even a better fair file, Christopher. But however, we'll touch this one because remember we said we're not going to duck any subject. So, Jules, fair file on people that are going after Ben Simmons and his mental health claims. Man, Perez, this is a this is this is this is this is a good one because I if somebody's claiming mental issues, I can't be the one to judge and say hey, this brother ain't having mental issues. You know what I'm saying? I I don't I I. I I wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know. But hey, he's been traded and he's he's doing a suit up or play or whatever. I mean, I mean, I call I, you know, I call foul for people who who uh you know going after him stating that he's sitting out because of mental issues. Hey, if if he's saying he got problems and and he needs to sit out and deal with it, then who am I to say he, you know what, he can't do that. Yeah, Jules, I, I'm with you on that. Now, my thing is, none of us know what the hell somebody else's, uh, you know, plight and what their life is like, right? So, not even let's right. just take Ben Simmons out of the equation. What if it was Jason down the street, right? We don't know. Mm-hmm. If, if this person is telling us that they having struggles, I gotta take you to mm-hmm. I, I think in this situation, people sometimes just need to mind, mind their business. We don't know what that man's going through. Now, optics maybe to one to one person may look like, man, he's full of shit. Either way. That's still not my story to tell. It's none of my business. Because mm-hmm. even if he did use this as a way to get out of a situation that he didn't want to be in, okay, shame on him if that's what he did. But at the end of the day, I got nothing to say about it. Because when it comes to this here with mental health, 
I don't want to touch that because dude, yeah. there's so many people that are uh, secretly and silently suffering. So just because you see somebody, you're like, oh, that person looks fine. Man, that's house of cards. You don't know what the hell that person got going right. on. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially now than ever, man. These are these are different times now. Dude, right? These are different times, man. People, you know how things affect people in a different way. It's 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 very touchy. And people and, have and people have a hair trigger now. You know what I mean? Any little thing mm-hmm. is setting folks off. Yeah, it's it's like you said, Prez, you know, just you know, mind your business. Take them, take people as it were. Now, if you see if there's is there evidence and video of them partying during this and that weather, you know, I I guess you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If he's yeah. supposed to be if he's supposed to be sitting on the couch talking to somebody, but y'all in the club turning up, then I have at it. <laughs> but, but like you said, man, but, but we but we ain't seeing nothing like that, and this man just kind of stands to himself. Then you know right. it's it's not on me. So Christopher, right. to answer your question. I'm gonna call foul on those people just like Jules did, man. That's that's not my that's not my story to tell. And at the end of the day, I know a lot of people close to me that have been suffering these last couple of years during this pandemic. And I know that I've even had my own struggles that I've talked about on this show. So I'll be the last person that'll sit here and try to come at somebody and say, "Oh man, that person's lying." Fuck you, because <laughs> mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> you don't know right. what people are dealing with. Because I'll tell you one thing, and Jules, he'll back me up on this. I, I like to think that I'm a headstrong individual, but man, no one in this world <laughs> is susceptible from life's ups and downs and the challenges and things like that, man. We're human and human beings are going to feel shit. And if you don't, then there's something wrong with you, you know? So right. at the end of the day, I'm not going to come for Ben Simmons. I'm not going to do it. No, 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 I'm with you. All right, Jules, the first mailbag question comes over from Jamie okay. from Bellwood, Illinois. And Jamie wanted okay. to know, do you think that Tom Brady will actually retire? Mm. <laughs> mm. Now, personally, me, asking me, I hope so. I hope so, only because Brady did all he can do on, on, on in football. Me, personally. Okay. Uh, but a part of me have a feel it because what was pre- what uh trainings what what's what what june june something like that tra- uh when they normally start uh the well, uh, training OT, OTAs OTAs after stuff. the draft so you'll have a set in, in april then you'll have a set in may and then obviously training camp will start in the summer okay so you still have you have a little time you have some time oh tom has some time to to think but you know even joe montana was like he should stay because he, he said he looks good. He looks good. He got a good offense around him. He got good weapons. He said he should stay. But for him, Tom, for Tom to come out and say, you know, that's it, I, I, I'm i going to take him as his word and say he's going to stay retired. But there is still a part of me is like, this brother said, no, I'm not, I'm not finished yet. And see, Jules, that's where I'm at. I'm with the last part of what you said there. When I even heard the initial news that he was retiring, I said, bullshit, <laughs> he ain't retiring. <laughs> you know what I think, Jules, in my honest opinion, he's looking at this mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, and he said, you know what? We've gotten as far as we're going to get together. He okay. put that retirement news out there, I think, to reevaluate what he wants to do. And what I feel might happen here is the Bucs are going to end up trading him to a team of his choice. 
whether that's San Francisco or whoever the hell else out there. But I think that Tom Brady's going to finish his career one more season outside of Tampa Bay. That's what I feel. Really? Yep. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, he's retired, but he's still on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers active roster. He's See, still on the roster, right. Details yeah. matter, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that that would be interesting. So my thing is, I know you, you brought up San Francisco. What other team that Whew, I'm trying to think of other contender teams that could be a good fit. Maybe Denver, but I would maybe not there because I think that he wants to probably play in a in a warm weather climate. And also, you know, mm-hmm. he's from Cali. So I think San Francisco right, right. makes a lot of sense. Okay, him teaming up uh with Jimmy G again. Mm-hmm. Shit, what okay. about Vegas? Oh, yeah, the Raiders. Potential. Okay. Potential. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. That's interesting. Well, you know, we're going to keep our but they, eye on But you know what? They're going to get Jimmy G up out of there now. I just thought about that, Jules. If, if, if Tom Brady go to San Francisco, they get Jimmy G up out of there again. It's going to be the second time Tom Brady going to make his ass get Damn. Damn, <laughs> Jimmy. Man. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, I don't think that we've seen the last – I don't think we've seen the, one, the last of one Thomas Jefferson – Brady, man, and if and if we had, man, it's been one hell of a career. <laughs> yeah, because I agree with you, man. He's done everything. Like he is the football goat, and I know we use the term "goat" a lot out here. We it was sometimes some people overuse it. Tom Brady's the goat of football. And we already know who the oh, goat yeah. of the NBA is. We ain't got to retrace that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes mm-hmm. we got to stop it with calling these folks goats out here. Sometimes some people get caught that I'm like, nah, you ain't no goat, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, maybe to you, but <laughs> yeah, maybe to you, but not to others. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right, man. That brother here, man. That seven titles, man. That you, <laughs> yeah, that boy. Hey, he he got more titles than team. You know, teams got titles. You know what I'm no saying? Shit. No That's shit. No shit. Like Brady versus you. Like damn. Okay, damn Brady. <laughs> you just shitting on NFL teams. I would say too. I was. It was interesting, Jules, and 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 this is a great question, Jamie. The Tuck rule, the that uh, thirty for thirty, they had recently came out where they with Charles Woodson and Tom Brady was sitting down and chopping it up and all this. If you guys don't remember, this is that controversial play that happened when the Raiders were playing the, the Patriots in the, in the playoffs, and and Charles Woodson came in on a corner blitz, and everybody at the time thought it was a fumble because he forced the ball out. They called it an incomplete pass. So it's that tuck rule bullshit. And they were going through all these scenarios of what if that was ruled a fumble? Would Tom Brady mm-hmm. have seven rings? And they were going through all these different scenarios because history sometimes can be rewritten when things happen a certain way. Because if you guys don't remember, at that time, Tom Brady was replacing Drew, Bre- Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe was the guy from New England at that time. Tom Brady was the right. unknown guy coming in there. And what happened? Well, we saw what, what happened after that. Tom Brady, they won that game. They won the Super Bowl. And Drew Bledsoe wasn't in, in New England no more. Man, that was it. Yep. Yeah, that was it. It was like, Drew who? <laughs> and and, and Drew, Drew had a $100 million contract at the time. Yeah, Bledsoe was a man now. Yeah. He was a man. He, it, it, and it's like, when that happened, that was it. You didn't even, hell, I can't even tell you last time I seen Drew, <laughs> Drew Bledsoe. Well, you know what? He's doing really well for himself. He's got his own wine. He's got a, a big vineyard that he's, he's done. So, Drew Bledsoe, he's he's good. He's good. Oh, man, that's what's up. All right, Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually had bought a bottle of his wine. It was, uh, it was a little treat to myself, but it's 
very very tasty artist. If you are mm. definitely are looking for a delicious red blend, go see Drew Bledsoe. Mm. Was it was it sweet or was it dry or no? It was no because I don't do the sweet ones, but it was more like okay. the one that I got. It was more of like a mixed blend. So okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, audience, y'all gonna get me on this show, uh, start to do wine reviews now, because I'll start going down the rabbit hole. But nah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need you know what I should start doing, depending on what time we record these episodes. I, st- I should start doing these episodes with a glass of wine and then tell the audience what I'm drinking. That's what I think I might start. Doing. Oh, that's what's up. We get precious wine of the, of the day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And then, the, and then the mailback questions gonna really get interested around this motherfucker. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is Brad talking about? On <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing but the truth, <laughs> the whole truth. <laughs> well, the next question comes over from James from Fort Hayes, Kansas, and what he wanted to know is, how do you guys feel about how how do you guys feel about the way Kanye is acting regarding his pending divorce from Kim Kardashian? Man. Hey that, hey, that brother out there. <laughs> I I ain't never seen <laughs> I never seen somebody who 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 wants a divorce but then don't want a divorce while he with somebody else. I multiple, multiple. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. Normally when cats wanna 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 try to work on their marriage and say their marriage, they do things like, you know, sending gifts and flowers and poetry and singing music outside their bedrooms and stuff like that trips and you know counseling to show them that hey i'm serious and i want this thing to work you know i my man going on dates but then post t- tweeting a text and stuff talking about he wants you back wants wants her back but then the next minute if, if she with somebody then he my man going crazy and Prez is a mess, man. Prez is, it's definitely a mess. It's a Cause, mess, cause, man. Because because Kim, she wants to be divorced. She's actually right. dating Pete Davidson now, and Kanye is going after him. He had chased T- Pete Davidson off of IG, threatening the man. I'm like, Kanye, listen, relax, bro. Secondly, Jules, you know how I am mm-hmm. about privacy. Certain okay. things, man, you shouldn't be doing all in the public eye like that, man. Like, at one point... Y'all was a union. Y'all were like together. You and that person. Just because things go sideways, man, don't mean now you got to get all dramatic and, and start exposing people and start doing all this shit publicly. Like I just don't like that. And I think that's the part with Kanye that I don't like because it's setting a bad example. He's got a lot of fans, a lot of people that listen to his music, a lot of people that he influences. And when they right, look at right. this behavior that he's doing, bro, people think that that's the way. That is not the way. That shit's no. toxic. It's toxic no. as hell, bro. No, it doesn't make sense. No. It don't make sense. Move on, bro. Listen, right. focus on co-parenting with that woman because she seems like she's open to it. But like Jules said, I've never seen a situation with someone that obviously wants a divorce himself, but then he really don't want a divorce because then he sees her happy on the other side and he don't want that. Mm-hmm. But then he's out here dating people. So it's like, what's, what's right. the deal? Right. right. Make it make sense, as my mom always said. Because yeah. it's like, shit will get off the pot. What do you want, man? Mm-hmm. Do you want this woman? But here's the thing. Impressed? Man, this happened a lot more than it should. You get cats that can't let go and don't want to see you with nobody else. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a few times I was in a situation working rides where I'm here in this situation and like, and he became violent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. Yeah. And it, you know it happens on, but it happens on the other side of the coin too with, with mm -hmm. females too, because yeah. what, I, what I think it happens in these situations is people get territorial. And what, what it, it comes down to is the person, like Jules said, don't want to see you happy with someone else. But then also, they'll get petty and they'll start to destroy things that you're working on. If you got a business yeah. or something you're trying to launch, yep. they'll try to do things to try to uh, sabotage. And that's toxic. You know what I mean? So it's like at the end of the day, man, people just got to learn how to be mature. Emotional intelligence is everything, everybody. And when I look at what's going on here with Kanye, he just needs to relax, focus on his children. Man, your children are old enough to see what's going on. This shit ain't right. You don't want your kids having to go to therapy because of what mom and dad are going through. That shit ain't cool, man. No, no, so not, man. Because, because you know, his kid, their kids are, are they in that age? They getting up there. They getting up there. So, uh, like, like you said, Prez, you know, things, something like this should be happen, should be handled privately. And should keep it like that. The whole world don't need to listen to this or see this. No, man, because there's enough no. bullshit and, yeah. and drama that goes on in this world. And I always say this, man. That's where social media kind of comes in and gives things in situations like this an audience. Because, man, there was a time when people would go through breakups and, and split-ups. And you ain't hear nothing about it. Now, right. Kanye right. going on Instagram. He going on this platform, sending screenshots. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And, mm -mm. Come on, bro. Come on, man. No, man. Because no. that because it don't add up. Because in one instance you doing that, then the next instance on Valentine's Day you driving up with a truck with all these dozens of roses for her. She's not interested, right? And and, and, and then you he kicking it with other girls. She just got this one Fox girl. They they kicking it. And they while doing that, she she mad because now you you playing with other people's emotions. He, you spending all this time with this girl over here on the side, but but secretly all you thinking about is your wife, right, man? Uh, shit, man. Oh, okay. President, on, on this one, man, dude. Unfortunately, we're not going to see the end of this. No, no, no. That's no, that's no. the bad part. Yep. Nope. And this is the thing too. Now there was a time. Early on in Kim Kardashian's extension to being famous, uh -huh. I wasn't really the biggest Kim Kardashian fan. Right, right, right. But now, when I see the good that she's done with her platform, and I actually kind of look at her and I'm like, damn, I kind of feel bad for her. And I'm like, I I never expected a situation where I would look at a Kardashian and be like, well, I feel bad. But I'm looking at how this is going, and I'm like, damn, she legit is just trying to be happy and trying to move on with her life. Right, and not right. allowing it. Right. That's not cool. You know, he's like he's holding her hostage, basically. See that, man. I I well, I just I just pray and hope that I just pray and hope somebody is 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 at least talking to Kanye and and, and talking to him. Telling him, Listen, let it go. If yeah. if she want to move on, let her move on, man. Because it's not going to end well for you. No. No. You know you you, you man be a man about it. If it's over, yeah. it's over. Yeah, take your L. Take your L. Right. See, that's that's the problem, man. <laughs> Remember Pops from Friday? He said, "You win some, you lose some." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you win. <laughs> that's true. 
You wake up to fight another day. Kanye, remember that. It's okay, bro. Move on. You're a billionaire. You'll be fine. Focus on your kids. Try to have a healthy relationship with them, man. You got daughters. Come on, man. Like, what you doing? Right. Set a terrible example. Set a terrible example. Right. Because, you know, Pete Davidson, you know, he about that life. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't even touching that Pete Davidson. (laughs) Pete and Kim, they trying to be happy. Kanye, stop threatening that man. Stop threatening that man. Pete don't want no smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Hey, good. Hey. Hey my, hey, 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 my man doing good, Pete Davidson. Hey, hey I ain't mad he, at you, bro. Hey, he, Pete Davidson came up, didn't he? So <laughs> did. <laughs> he scooped in and stole that shit while Kanye oh, was sleeping. Man. Damn. That's why Kanye mad. He ain't see that coming. Boy, like a like a hawk, boy. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> and Kim look happy when you be seeing them together. I'm like, oh shit, Kanye. All right. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm. Tis tis tis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next mailbag question comes on from Mike from Benton Harbor, Michigan. He wanted to know, what are you guys' thoughts on Jawan Howard throwing a punch in the handshake line in the game against Wisconsin? Now, I have to, before Jules and I get into this, mm-hmm. I have to correct you, Mike, on your question. He did not throw a punch. Jules, talk to him. Yeah, it was. it was like a it was like a, a claw slap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, a, I don't know what the, what, it was like he tried to, you know how cats play with you and they, 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 they swat at you. Yep. With the, that was, that was, mm-hmm. I, man, man, prayers. I think Juwan might, uh, might need some anger management, man. <laughs> he might you need think? Some <laughs> <laughs> <He> might, <laughs> I know he had, I know he had one other uh, incident uh, before. Yeah, last season. <laughs> and and, and, and <laughs> I, I, I'm looking down, vision the, the the play in my head while I'm talking. And I'm trying not to laugh, but but you know I, I I can see how I can see how this went. This just went too. It just went just went left. Just 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 it just went left. I mean, in one hand, Jawan's upset because of the timeout with the coach. Yep. Called. Yep. Okay. Got it. Then my man was talking about, but listen, man, he trying to explain himself, which I've been in the situation, man, dude, I wasn't, here's what, I'm trying to let somebody know, here's my thinking. This was what I was doing. I wasn't trying to rub dirt or doing this or to offend, you, offend anybody. Here's what I was trying to do. He was trying to express it at a time where Juwan didn't want to hear. It. That was his problem. You know, that was his mistake. Juwan's mistake was his, I mean, his emotions. I mean, he, he was just hot and he got the best of him. So both of them, both of them was in the wrong, but man, Juwan should know. Man, Juwan should know better. Man, you know, you know. Hey, listen, listen. Just, you know, just say he could have kept going. He said, "Coach, I'll talk to you later," and just keep keep walking past. But he grabbed the coach, and then that's when that's when you know. Well, well, the other coach stopped him. But when when Juwan grabbed, you know, saying, "Don't touch me," then he he grabbed his shirt, and then that when that, that just it just went just went left, and it just. It's just messed up, man. I know that he, they gave him four or five game suspension and a, a, a forty thousand yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Five game suspension, and which is okay. It, it was just one of them things. Hey, I made a mistake. He lost. He, he made a mistake. He lost his head. It I, it it, I, it shouldn't happen again. I don't think it would. But hey, man, sometimes this is sports, 
And sometimes, I mean, sports is competitive. And sometimes you you, you you lose a little bit. Not saying that's that's acceptable, but it's it's you know, you can understand. You can understand. It's just it's just a bad it's just a bad situation that went left. And I'm pretty sure cool heads prevail. They should get together, talk and whatever, hash it out behind closed doors. We'll need to know about it and mm-hmm. and, and move on. Yeah, you know, Jules, so, and yeah, I mean, he gave you guys pretty much the, the perfect backdrop on the situation. So the timeout pissed off Juwan Howard. He was already losing by double digits in the game. Emotions are already probably running hot on his side, right? And then the coach from Wisconsin made a comment about how Michigan was doing a trapping defense late in the game, and that's why he called the timeout, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. way I look at this situation is Jawan Howard isn't the only person to blame. I've told this to multiple people that have asked me for my opinion on this. Right, right. I thought that Jawan Howard was trying to avoid even interacting with the coach. The coach stopped him from be- moving past mm-hmm. him, right? That was the first thing. If I'm trying to move and I'm trying to avoid a situation, and Jules, if I'm lying, please tell the audience right now. If I am not trying to deal with you in a particular moment, you better let me fucking be. Because <laughs> right. mm-hmm. that's it. That's all I'm going to say, audience. I'm not the person in the moment when I'm running hot. I'm not a person to talk to in that moment. You need to let me cool down. And I think that's what Juwan was attempting to do. When the coach stopped his progress, and what did Juwan say? Don't touch me. Don't fucking touch me, I think is what he said. Uh, Right. Yeah, I think think that's what he said. (laughs) And then, to Jules' point, (laughs) Juwan grabbed him. And that's what I kind of was like, wait a minute, you ain't want him to touch you, but now you would grab him by his shirt. I was like, that's what Juwan's, his anger took over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That was it. Hey, that was it. Because <laughs> when he started pointing that finger at him, and then he took the mask down, I was like, "Oh, this shit is this shit about to go off." And then you know, also too, that assistant coach, the one that Juwan slapped across his face, he to me came in and kind of escalated that whole thing. In my opinion, yeah, because I think he pushed one of the Michigan players. I think I he think that's one what of the players, and then he said something. And that's when he got popped. Now. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, audience, that violence is ever okay because I thought what Jawan Howard did was unacceptable. I thought when you guys are the leader of young men, that is a terrible example to set for them because you got your players. They're looking for you for that leadership, that wisdom. You're the elder. Uh-huh. Right. And they're looking at you conducting yourself in that manner. And what is what were his players doing? They're coming to his defense, but they don't realize that this is not the way to handle conflict. Like Jewel said, in that moment, both of these coaches are in a competitive battle with each other. They're trying to win the game. Jawan Howard was pissed off. He lost. Mm-hmm. He lost, right. I guarantee you, if they John if Jawan would have had an opportunity to cool off after the game, I guarantee you that him and the coach could have probably had a conversation about that and, and chopped it up. Because if you look at video from those two coaches interacting with each other before that incident, they've been cool with each other, dapping each other up. They've been fine. Right. Mm-hmm. To me, it was a heat of the battle situation, but it's not okay that Juwan did that because I'm just going to call it what it is. Juwan, you are a black man as the head coach of the University of Michigan. All eyes on you, bro. Because mm-hmm. the first thing that they want to sit out here and talk about is an angry black man. Praise they want to talk on. about a black man throwing a punch. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not throwing shots at you, Mike, but your question specifically said that. We got to watch what we're saying about people because he did not throw a punch and we got to be really we got to really cool it with these narratives that we throw out here but Juwan 
Do not give them the opportunity, brother, to try to pile on to you because we know what this is. We know what this is. There's coaches out here in this NCAA that have gotten behind the wheel of a goddamn car drunk, could have killed people, one game suspension. Now, I just want mm-hmm. y'all to think about that now. Now, what Juwan did was wrong, and I don't condone that word for them. Right. We got to keep that same energy, man, with people out here doing things as a whole. So if Juwan got a five-game suspension, well, the coach with the DUI should get a five-game, ten-game suspension, something. What we doing? Well, you know, Prez, for now, or for, for going on now, going on forward, if something come up and, and if it's a one, one-game suspension or, or a lesser fine sentence, then, uh, okay, well, not, we're, we're talking about something. Because mm-hmm. now you're sitting there, you sitting there, you gave this man five games, 40000 Now, let's see what anything, if anything else popped off with, his, with a coach. Let's see what happened now. And right, then we'll, exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll factor in what's, what's really, what's, what this is really all about. Now, a deeper question, Jules, that I have for you, just because okay. we're having this conversation. Okay. And Mike, you and Mike, thanks so much for the question. I wasn't trying to come for you, man, but I just think context is very important, man. This is very easy to put things out there about somebody. And we just got to make sure we're telling the whole story. But question for you, Jules. You and I both play sports. How do you feel about the handshake line in general? Because there's some people that saying that they should do away with it. You know, I don't have a problem with it. if you feel like do if, I mean if you feel like doing it. If you feel like handshaking, cool. If you don't. That's fine too. I don't think I don't think it's is 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 bad sportsman uh, sportsman like. Uh, it's 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 it, however you feel. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I know it's a battle, and then when you get to the 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 the, the March Madness and the, the tournaments and stuff, it's gonna be more intense. But I, I don't have I don't have a that, to answer the question. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. If you feel like doing it, that's fine. I don't think you should be forced to do it. Well, it's, but it's I mean, like a, it's a, but it's a mandatory thing. It's mandatory, NCAA, okay. Especially you know, in NCAA sports. Yeah. You know, I think it just I think it just teaches the uh, you know the college kids to uh, sportsmen like no matter what. I, I don't have a problem with it, Chris. So I would say when I kind of thought about that, when that's the reason why I was asking you is because you know maybe I can see why you don't have a problem with it because you're more of a, a cooler, calmer type of a persona, which is good. Me on the other hand, I. Uh, I'm very highly competitive. I don't like to lose. So when I think back to when we were at Rita, I didn't have a problem with the handshake line because we didn't lose too many football games. So it was easy for me to, like, clap it up with somebody. Like, hey, good game, y'all. Because <laughs> we just whooped that ass. But, <laughs> but I had to learn, man, over time in life that, man, I got to be gracious in, in victory, but I also got to be gracious in defeat. And I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing of why I do like the handshake line as an adult. As a kid, I remember losing to Mount Carmel, man, and being like, just not even wanting to shake hands with people, right? Because I was immature. I wasn't used to losing. But the point I'm making about that is sometimes that handshake line, you got two teams that have been fighting and competing against each other for two hours, and now mm-hmm. they got to sit up here and, and dap it up with each other. So you just never know. That's why I feel like sometimes – that handshake line, some shit could go off. Somebody could say some fucked up shit to somebody and it set them off. So mm. that's the way I think, because we've seen it. Think about mm-hmm. it. There's players that have thrown punches at right. other players in the right. handshake line. So, hmm, that's a good point. That's a good point. But man, yeah, Oof. it's interesting, right? Yeah, it is. 
It is. I wonder what they're gonna do. Ah, they probably keep it. Ah, They'll keep it. They'll keep it. They're not gonna let one incident because nah. at the end of the day, it's about sportsmanship, and that's what they're trying to put out there. I mean, even at the high school level, they still have the handshake line. So nah, they'll keep it. Mm-hmm. But I was just curious to get your thoughts because I heard some people saying, "Wait, they should do away with it." I'm like, "No, people should just learn how to fucking take losing, or if you're winning, you need to be gracious." Because that was something I had to learn over time. Because you know, <laughs> high school. I was not the most gracious winner. I'd be a big ass smile on my face and it probably rubbed people the wrong way. I'm like, shit, I'm happy. I won. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jules. Next question. And this one from Amy. Ooh, we. Amy, okay. you, you went off the top rope for this, on this one. Amy's from Fishers, Indiana. And she wanted to know. What do you guys actually think happened to Bob Sackett? Now, before we Man. touch this on audience, I would just say anything that Jules and I say is just our opinion only. We do not know what happened, just like any of you guys. Jules, talk to him. Man, Prez, this is this this one right here is one of those mysteries. Like, what? Mm-hmm. I, so they found in the toxicology report, there's no alcohol or drugs in the system. No, according to the South Scout report, Obsos. so they're saying he failed. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I I can raise my hand. I've, I I failed too. Uh, but they only talking about he had his head. He had fractures the back of his head, and I think to the front of his head. Yeah, to the front. Yes. So my God, what if he did fall? How did he fall? Where did he fall? And and then how did he? It's just a lot of uh, unknown, uncertain, you know, questions like uh, answers because it's like, was anybody else in the room? They, I don't think they ever said it was. Well, so what they did say, Jules, is okay. when he came to his room, I think it was like two in the morning. Uh-huh. They said that he locked the room, uh, put his do not disturb sign up, uh-huh. and the door was never opened or unlocked until the uh the, the authorities came that next morning. Brother. So one thing I, I did read that they said the possibility there was a marble floor in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he said he, he said it possibly he fell hit his head and um while he was in the bathroom. Probably didn't think nothing of it. Well didn't think anything of it. Went to sleep and never woke up. Yep. Oh man. For right now what happened I, that's all I can go with because that's all we got. Now we can always, you know, come, come up with conspiracy theories. Somebody came through a window or this, but I mean, come on, I mean, come on. Yeah, I, 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 I just think this is an unfortunate accident, and one of them things that we didn't, we don't know that you, if you hit your, if you get, if you hit your head, fall and hit your head hard, that if you go to sleep right, if you go to sleep, you. There's a good chance you won't wake up. Now, and, I, the, I, the, and the point that Jules has made right there, audience, if you learned anything from this story, if you have any sort uh-huh. of head trauma, go check that shit out. Don't mm-hmm. take chances. You cannot mess around with the brain and the skull because the one thing with that, the skull is like a jigsaw, a jigsaw puzzle of bones. If one of the bones gets disturbed, you may have a problem going on there you don't know about. And what he probably did is he probably shrugged it off, like Jules said, when he fell maybe in the bathroom and probably said, fuck it, I'm going to bed. I'm all right. Right. And just didn't know, man. 
just didn't know. But some people were calling foul on it because they're like, well, how does one slip and fall backwards cause those type of injuries? And like I said, you don't know how hard he hit that shit. You don't know how he fell. We don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And the family, I feel bad for them because not only are they dealing with the loss of, of a loved one, but now they're trying to keep media and people out of the equation and they're trying to block you know, certain information from getting out. And I'm like, listen, they have a right to their privacy. So some things we don't deserve to have to have an answer to it. So if what we are being told is that the man had an accident, he passed away. That's what I'm going to take it as. I just want to respect the family and their wishes. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you, Prez, because they're going through, like you said, they're going through a lot. I mean, the man's only, what, 60? You know, still have a lot of living to do. And for him not to pass naturally, but to to have an accident pass, and it's like, wow, wow, it's 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 just it's just it, you know it's just messed up. And 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 you're right, press. If you take to, if you don't learn anything, learn this out of this situation. It, you bump your head, hit your head, have headaches or whatever. Man, just go check. Get, just get checked out and uh, make sure you're all good because this right here, this right here, teaches you like, man, anything can happen where 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 it's a good you know good possibility you won't you won't wake up in the morning exactly so to jules's point hey hour or two at the doctor just to check things out make sure you're good hey i'd rather do that man than not be able to wake up because like you said when they say that the way that they found him he like he was resting peacefully and it's just it's just a shame and also one of the other things too Mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't talk about that his pcr test came back that he still had some COVID, um, you know, exposure in, in his system. Mm-hmm. I guess he tested positive okay. for COVID like a couple right, weeks, right. you know, before or whatnot. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, and they what they do say is that sometimes that PCR test, <clears throat> it'll still show positive weeks later, even after you've recovered. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, hey, um, good question there, Amy. But at the end of the day, I think – all of us are in the same boat where we really don't understand what took place, but we just know that it was a loss. And I just, man, my heart goes out to his family. Cause like Jules said, 65 years old, he had a long life to live. I mean, that's right around my mom's age. Like, man, it, it, that, it puts things in perspective for you real quick. And that's why in this world, we got to look at those people around us and we got to just start, you know, caring for people more and starting to, and we got to start doing better about the people that are in our lives because you never know when those people will be taken from you and you don't want to live with doubts. I'm, we're dealing with that right now in my family. I've talked to you guys about the fact that my grandmother's no longer with us. And I feel like the way that certain people in our family are grieving right now is unhealthy. They're not grieving the right way because they're living with their own selves because they didn't do what they should have done by her while she was still here. And so a lot of times people have to just really do a better job of giving people their just due when they're here. Because when that person's gone, then you got to deal with that guilt. You have to deal with the fact that you didn't do right by that person. And so just lesson learned from here. Take care of yourself and look at those people around you and just do better about it. Because anything can happen. If that person was out of your life, you'll think you'll, you'll think back at that moment and you'll say, fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wish I'd have had more time with them. 
I wish that I would have got invited when I got invited to this outing. I wish I would have been on some bullshit and said, oh, I'm tired. No, this is why for me, Jules, I get invited to go somewhere. I'm going. How do I know if that's not the last time I'm going to get to go somewhere? Maybe that person will be like, man, I remember when Prez came to my event, man, we had a real good conversation, whatever it may be. The point is we got to be more present in each other's lives. Life is short. Enjoy life. Take care of yourselves. That's my hey, that's second. Man, <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, I second all that, buddy. I second all that. It's too short, man. It's too short. That's if anything is. I learned from this pandemic, Jules, man. It's just, man, we all just got to do our part, man, and, and just be kind to each other because you just don't know what people are going through, as I mentioned earlier in, in this show. You don't know what people, people suffer in silence out here. You don't want to be the reason why somebody is making decisions to no longer be with us. So just be kind mm-hmm. to other people, man. Just, man. It, it, it don't cost you nothing to be kind. Do you know what I mean? I know I'm getting off on a tangent here, audience, but I'm telling you, this is a big problem that I'm having with the world right now. We are so quick to respond with anger. I was driving the other day, man. This poor lady was trying to give some pedestrians the, the uh, right away, and okay. she's getting the horns and shit honked all at her. I'm like, man. my God, people, get off your damn horn. Man, it's because, like, really? because I saw a story that happened down in Champaign where somebody honked at this guy. He pulled out a gun and lit their ass up. They no longer here. Man, dude, it happens. Prez, you hit it on the head when you're talking about this world nowadays is being just so so angry and hostile because people just man, they, they don't have no 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 empathy or sympathy or just compassion. Right. It's just just some of these people just out here and they're just angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, like you said, man, you can't even make, oh, when you're driving, my God, be careful. <laughs> man, be careful. <laughs> yeah, like you said, you can just let somebody come through because of tra- oncoming traffic. You're like, hey, go, let me let this man or woman go through uh-huh. so he ain't holding that side up over there. But people behind you are blowing. Yep. You're like, damn, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I'm just trying to be cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but I'm around here. I don't want no smoke, so let me go ahead now. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, I have had situations where the car behind me is blowing at the car in front of me, and I'm like, uh-uh, you better stop that shit because I don't want the motherfuckers thinking I'm blowing my horn. Right. <laughs> and you, you, you out there like, it ain't me. Yeah, it ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't me. I don't want to smoke. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get over in this lane. I'm good. <laughs> I will no quarrels with you, sir or ma'am. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm. Nope. I'm just good. trying to get to the gym. I'm good. <laughs> like, you got it. Go ahead. Take as much time as you hey, want. Hey, man, that's I am out there. Hey, go ahead. Somebody want to speed pack? Go ahead. Somebody want a red light in front of you? Go ahead. Somebody would stop. Hey, hey. Hey, this is your streets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you like, I'm just passing through. <laughs> uh, right. I'm, I'm passing by, man. I, hey, you know, if I'm driving slow, they go around me. If you want to flip me off, they, 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 have a good day, sir. <laughs> Listen, you don't know how many times I had people, they'll pass me up, they'll look at me, and they'll, they'll point their <laughs> finger at me. And I'll just be sitting there laughing at myself. I'm like, okay, you, you, really, you really taught me a lesson. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my God, that's going to bother me all day. <laughs> that finger through the window. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was I like, re- man, I'm like, man, if you want to drive off, man, I ain't on that right. shit. <laughs> man, 
man, I was sitting up there. I was on my way to work, and I'm 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 at the I'm at the intersection, and I'm waiting because cars are you know coming and stuff. Traffic is like, okay. This teen driver drive right around me onto the oncoming uh, oncoming lane, flipped me off, <laughs> and then was able to drive off. His I, his girl in the car was like, "Stop that stuff!" And I'm looking at him like, "Are you serious?" And he drove off. So of course, you know the the cop. Hey, the cop and me. I looked at his plates. I said, like, "Oh, they expire." Okay. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh oh, somebody's getting something in the mail. <laughs> Ooh, see, see. Hey, as your pops always say, "Lesson learned." You'll never know. Who, you never know who out here on these roads. You better relax out here, y'all. Never know. It, listen, it could be officer friendly or shit. It could be somebody that's got that gap. They might up that shit on you. Yeah. No. Man. Y'all, just, man, if you taking any lessons from me, listen, Jules and I giving y'all a free game right now. Just, just please listen to us. Because you're not proving a point. You know what I'm saying? If you take it, and listen, you're getting this from a petty individual. I'm petty as hell. I'm still mad about my cookie getting out of the box. <laughs> Hey man, I gotta talk to Dub, man. You, you, you better. He needs some counsel. <laughs> Listen, bl- black men need to do better. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Damn, Dub. All you had to do it. Your job was to be there to watch presses back. That's it. You had one job. Yeah, he one took job. his eye off the prize. Hey man, you know what, Press? I want to ask you. Now, was his seat a better seat, or was yours a better seat? Now we was all just. He was just basically sitting on the edge. And I was oh, okay. Too. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 So you you had the better. I about to say. I said next time put him next to Fake Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want to see Fake Zimmerman again. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> that man. That man had the nerve to try to follow our account on Twitter. I was like, bro, bro, get out of here. <laughs> I never want to see you again, sir. <laughs> man, I just love. I just love that story, man. I just love Man, story. People, people got a real good kick out of it. I, I tell you one thing. I had another story this week, but I don't want to always talk about stuff that happens on the media section. But what it does remind me of, Jules, is how people are inconsiderate. And that's what I'm starting to learn. People don't value mm-hmm. other people's space. And they, not got, they got no regard for people, man. I'm not going to get off on no tangent on this right now because we got a show on broadband access mm-hmm. to do. Okay. However, okay. Mm-hmm. if y'all learned anything about where me and Jules is going with this previous part of the episode, just have a little more, uh, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for, Jules? Hey, think about the next man. That's all. Act. Think before you act. That's all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. No, 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 it's not. Just, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's the whole thing. Treat us how you want to be treated. Uh-huh. That's, if, if, that's the philosophy. Just. Treat us how you want to be treated. Hey, do you want to be flipped off when, when somebody drive around you? No. So don't do it to somebody else. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's all. I mean, it's simple. It's I mean, it might, it might can be, it might can be hard because, you know, because of the world, you know, things that people get stuff on their minds all the time, but it's simple. Dude, I, I know, I know people that have sat here and try to make a point on a road by, oh, I flipped this person off while I was driving. And one of my boys told me, he was like, yeah, I, I flipped this dude off. And, and then he drove up to me. He pointed a gun at me. And I'm like, see? I'm like, yeah, so you thought you was Mr. Tough Guy. And he pointed something back at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you right. Hey, listen, Prez, that's why I, I, 
hey, I'm in my own world. I'm out there driving because you you seen a lot and heard a lot, read a lot in these in these news and media outlets how road rage is in somebody's life or crash or yeah. car shut up. And yeah. for what? For what? Fuck nope. that, man. No, sorry. As long as, you, as long as you ain't eating the cookie out of my box, I'm good. <laughs> oh, boy. You, 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 you can point a finger at me through the car. That's fine. I'll laugh and chuckle to myself, and I'm going to keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but not them damn cookies. But them damn cookies now. I don't know. Oh. I took that shit personal. <laughs> I took it personal. Disrespecting me like that. I'm like, do I look like the guy that you can just steal my cookie? Like, I'm still heated about that. Like, bro, what the hell, man? I grew up on the south side of Chicago. How you going to punk me like that, bro? For real? Talk about something. Oh, I brought this box over here. Anyway, honest, I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked. About right. Jawan Howard coming out. Oh, snap. So, man, <laughs> it's going to be a brawl in the media room. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be a problem. <laughs> oh, and Dub gonna get slapped. <laughs> yeah, he don't want to go get slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can see him now <laughs> with that surprise shock look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> Oh, this audience is probably like, man, y'all some fools this season. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Mm. Well, audience, <laughs> for the main part of the episode here, we're going to segue over to Denise. Denise from Rich- Richmond, Virginia. She's been our listener since season one. Day one listener. Thank you so much. Her topic that she wanted Jules and I to touch on was broadband access. So if you guys remember, this is a subject that Jules and I briefly touched on in season two, but I think that it was very important for us to just kind of have like a more of a, we'll dive back into it, right? I think Jules is, is very important, even if we have touched on something maybe a season or two ago. Hey, if mm-hmm. this is an issue that's still happening, then I think it's important for us to kind of keep it back out there on the forefront. So Jules, we know what this pandemic has done for many industries, but think about what it's done for the children, Right. You got a lot of kids that have had to, you know, that have been forced to do remote remote learning. We talked about the fact that there was that whole digital divide that was going on in the inner city and these rural community, these rural communities. For the rural communities, they just don't have the infrastructure, right? They just don't have this. Th- things aren't set up that way for them to be able to go to school that way. And in the inner city, the infrastructure is set up a certain way, but you have certain people that can't afford it. Jules, you and I talked about that in the past. They don't have resources. Mm -hmm. They don't know how. So there's just a lot of different things that are going on. But so on this episode today, Jules, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this subject as a whole, because it's not just the inner city. It's the rural areas as well. And I just want to make sure that people realize that this is a major problem, especially as this pandemic continues on. I mean, this is year two, and we're still worried about how kids are going to get access to school and also for them to be able to get their education fulfilled. You know, I with this broadband, it came, you know what, Prez, we have come a long way. Because remember, remember the internet, we had that dial-up service when we was coming oh, up. Oh, yeah, that little AOL joint. Dude, you couldn't be, somebody couldn't be on the phone. Nope. In inner city, we can still do a little more because, because my wife, she teaches remotely. So 
I'm picking her brain and seeing what are uh, some ways that can, that it can be, and if there's ways that can it can be better. So I asked her, "What happened if if you cannot get it?" So she said, "What she had brought up, she brought up you can always like a provider, you can always get a high performance hotspot is a, a one good way." Uh, she said that you can that people can use so they can get uh, remotely so they can uh, uh, have school online, remote online learning. It won't have any problems with interruption, uh, with connection. And, you know, she used to work for a library. So she, you can get through things for a library or you can go to, I know you can go to your cell phone provider stores. They also sell those things too. So that, but one oh, thing no, go ahead, to, to keep in mind, because you're right, renting those things at the library is an option. But however, there's a limitation of how many that are available at the library. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think most libraries only maybe have like four or five of them at a given time. But now she is true. You could go to a local sale provider and buy one, but what if the people don't have the finances to do so? So, yeah, then the school needs to accommodate. You know, school needs to accommodate. The city needs to accommodate. Get a list going, find out who don't have it, and make accommodation, make, make a way so they can get it. Because, let's be honest, with this pandemic, a lot of schools, you know, is, is, is remotely, on, you, you, you learn it online. If you don't have it, so how you what how you how you how you teaching and how the students how the students are getting information and studying? Well, and as you remember when mm -hmm. we talked about this subject uh, a year and a half ago, I talked about the fact from what I found out from some teachers is that students were just simply dropping out of school because they didn't have access to the broadband. A lot of them just got kind of just lost in the shuffle. They just said fuck it. <laughs> That's what you saw. You saw a lot of dropout rate getting even more higher during this pandemic. And I know I spoke earlier, Jules, about the fact that in these rural and inner city areas, the broadband issue is, is massive, but it's even a thing in large cities. So think about Chicago, for instance. They said one in five students, Jules, don't have access to broadband. This is Chicago. Yeah, I you're right, right. Why, how, and why? <laughs> why? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in a world where we have billion dollar tech entities, all over, multiple. There should never be a situation where we have a digital divide at all. Like if these companies pride themselves on connecting, if you really pride yourselves on connecting, then you would identify this digital divide as a key initiative and you would actually do something about it. See, this is something that I've talked about in the past, Jules, about these companies that throw a check at something just because it makes them look good and it makes them feel good, but mm. they're not really solving problems. They're not really solving, exactly. Roll up your sleeves. Figure this thing out. Because sometimes it's more than just throwing money at something. Yeah. If, if you know that the rural areas are struggling for the infrastructure, if you're a billion-dollar company, go there and put infrastructure in place. But listen, it's going to cost. But imagine the impact that that makes when you're doing something like that. It, Prez, I'm like you. I'm like, we're in a part of Chicago or Illinois weather where we where you cannot have this i think you can have this is it do you want certain people in certain areas not to have it because it's like why should this be an issue at 2022 why why should this be a topic where hey certain people certain people don't have the the, the broadband or yeah. you know it's it's you know what what, what are we doing but that's what, but that's why I say that's what all head, all hands need to be on deck. If you're the parent, 
you know, this is what you need for this is what you need for your child to 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 do remote learning. Okay, get with the student. I mean, get with the school. The school needs to say, okay, we need to we need such such amount of hotspots or whatever the case may be. Or if you get with the the ultimate, hey, we need to put some, we need to get some services here. No, that no, you know, that's no, that no, job no. to for him to hey, okay, let's get out to these companies, these tech companies. Hey, we need something in this in this, in this city. Now, I will say this, to the point you were making earlier about, you know, the schools, you know, getting in the list of names of people that uh-huh. don't have access, that is something that they've done, and, and they've been able to kind of help some of those students, but my whole opinion on this situation is the fact that these issues are going to last way past this pandemic time. The pandemic, really what it did, Jules, is just made these issues come to the forefront, where people kind of just like took for granted, they're like, wait. Kids don't have access to the internet. Right. And I'm right. like, yeah, because that's our entitlement. Because some of us, we just look at the internet like, hey, uh, can I connect to the Wi-Fi? We don't think anything of it. Do right. Mm-hmm. But there's kids out there where this is a real problem. I've seen where local governments, Jules, have tried to step up and they've tried to provide access to children that have to go to this virtual school. But I think what those are, those are more band-aids. And that's why I was basically trying to say, what's the solution? What can you do long-term to keep this thing from happening? Like, what, what can you do to make this like a key initiative that, hey, we're going to ensure that people have access to this. This is a basic thing that you should have. Yeah, like, Brez, like you said, we, we I, I can raise my hand and say, I, I, I didn't even know until the pandemic, like, I'm, I'm like, what the people asking the question? I'm like, wait a minute, what do you mean people don't have internet access? It's like one of them things like water. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you just go to the sink and turn on the water, here, here, there it go. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, let me just, let me just, hey, you got it on your phone. You know, so it's like, wait a minute, what, what, what we have we 5G or something now. Like, what, like, so yeah, what's a long-term solution where there's not no Band-Aid, this is a, you know, this is a, a permanent type, permanent uh, solution. You know, I'm no architect or I'm, I'm no, but it seemed like to me, just if you have a spot, I said, okay, this is what we need, a uh, location where, hey, we need, so we need the broadband, we need internet, we need access and 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 you build. All right. Well, we see like, Jules, there's been different cities across the country that have kind of adapted different programs. So a lot of, things that I've seen out there, which I thought has been kind of cool. There was um, something that I had saw a month ago that was going on in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where they, what they determined that they were going to do was they were going to be the first to create their own municipal network. So what they mm, did was okay. they installed their own fiber optic cables on streetlights across the city. And so not only did this serve to help their residents have access to broadband, but also businesses were able to have a more reliable and speedy option when it came to internet. So they took it upon themselves as a city to use tax dollars to actually solve a problem. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. What's the solution besides just giving somebody, you know, Hey, here kid, um, take this internet access during this pandemic time. Okay. Well, how long are you going to do that? There's going to be a shelf life on that. And at some point you're going to take that away from them. They still don't have access to it. Right, because when it's over, they go. I, I imagine they're like, "All right, give it back, kid." 
<laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But you, <laughs> but you know, that you bring up a good point. So there are solutions, but, but why is it not being put in place? I, yeah, I don't know because what you just said about what uh what Tennessee was that Tennessee you said? Yeah, Chattanooga. Yep. Chattanooga. Man, that's somebody saw a problem and took them among themselves and, and fixed it. But then, okay, all right, since they moving slow, I'm gonna go ahead and you know, we're gonna go ahead and do this. I mean, maybe that's the approach you have to have. Uh, I don't know. You know, something I just thought about while we've been on this show. Mm-hmm. What what would prevent a school district. I mean, these school districts, they have funding. I, I would assume they get that shit from the state. Right. Um, you get it from state. Yeah. You know, they have money to have everything else in these schools. You know, that's been a hot button topic. But the point I'm making here is how come they can't have various access points that they put within their district? So the kids that have to, the students have to live in that district to go to that particular school. So how come you can't have all these various access points that these students will be able to have access to where they can have internet? And that's not a situation where that's just uh, a temporary solution. That's a solution for the entire time that they're a student at that institution. See, those are things right there that where you're actually solving problems, you're coming up with an actual solution and it's not a band-aid. But I also mm-hmm. think what it comes with is the government got to have better programs for this kind of thing. The funding has to be there. If we're paying tax dollars, we should not have a school district where kids don't have reliable internet. We should not have school districts where kids don't have basic technology to be able to do their schoolwork right now it's 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 almost shameful there's people in this world that are millionaires and billionaires and there's kids out here that don't have access to reliable internet that's a problem yeah it's a yeah it's a big problem like i I mean i don't want to sound like a broken record but you just scratch your head because you're like wait a minute it's 2022 this is pretty much hell you got cars driving itself (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's like wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. On your phones, on your phones is, is programmed how many miles you've driven or the places you go to. It, it saves. It's scary. <laughs> so hell, you go into so many shopping malls and there's no people in the checkout line. It's self checkout. Or in Amazon, you got the cart that you can scan the thing at your cart or something like that. You didn't even have to. But I'm saying all that to say we shouldn't be. It shouldn't be areas where. There's kids don't have access to the internet. No, uh, man. No. That, that's that's all. And that, and that and that analogy that you made about the water that that stuck out to me because I thought about there's countries out here, man, that don't even have access to clean water. Yeah, and that too. Yeah. And yeah. there's people in this country that are so wasteful. Stop running that damn water. You know, like it's like we we waste so much in this country, and so I thought about that when you said that. It's like, man, we can't take these for granted, and I think that's why even for me when i thought about during the pandemic how like i'm working from home this whole time of course i got internet access right but then when i started to hear all these stories about these kids not even being able to do their work and and teachers there were teachers out here that were going out here and buying hot spots for their students right Mm -hmm. i was seeing so many stories i'm like and this is another thing i give so much credit to the teachers that are out here. There's a lot of good teachers out here that care about their students that will buy them supplies because the parents are unable to, or maybe the parents are absentee, the parents are lost their way because they're out in the streets, whatever the case may be. But you have teachers out here 
that are filling the void in a lot of cases and doing things that are really above or outside of their pay grade or their responsibilities. And we're seeing that during this pandemic where teachers are finding out, wait a minute, this kid don't have access to the tools. There was teachers I was seeing that were buying kids those little Amazon little uh, tablets to make sure that they had a way to get into right. the school thing. You right. know, why are the teachers the one that are taking that responsibility on? See, this is my thing. Why is it that the 99% are the ones that take these problems on while the 1% can just sit back and just be rich and collect their money? Oh, man. Well, <laughs> Prez, hey, that, that, that's been the question uh, for a very long, long time. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them things where it, you know, you, you know, I'm from you know from the church uh, prayers, and that's why Jesus told that rich man, <laughs> you know, you can't serve two masters, you can't serve God and money. Hmm. So the one percent can can do a lot, do a hell of a lot, but it's just it's just not in them, and it's not in their heart, and. And it's unfortunate because you get people who's not making this much, who doesn't have the money, but going out spending their money. We talked about earlier today about how how the world is now, and, and it's just it's just a part of it. And it's messy. Right? Unfortunately, yeah. it's it's just a part of it. And you get people in there who just blow through money. Yeah, I didn't just blow through money like it ain't don't nothing. Think but you can, of it, right? Don't think anything <laughs> of it. And you get people out here just scratching, trying to survive. Don't have. And you can do a lot. Like I said, my, my wife, she bought headphones for her students because they was being distracted. She said she saw something. She was like, hey, no, it's easy to be distracted. So let me buy these kids some headphones so they can pay attention because they need to learn this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why these kids are dropping off, dropping out. What do you think is going to happen to these kids when they drop it out? We don't have a good education. They won't hmm. be able to get a good job. Nope. Don't want to be a good career. They won't have a good family. So what's going to happen? They're going to go what? to, they're going to turn to the streets. Well, what? Are, okay. Well, let's be, let's be honest, Jules. When they drop out, what do they have going on? If most of the time, what school gives these kids is an outlet from their life. And a lot of times their life is dysfunctional as hell. We've talked about this mm-hmm. on the show before. A lot of times school is the place where they were coming to get meals. Now, Right, There's people right. out here that they can't believe that, but that's true. That's true. That was one of the biggest things that Mayor Lightfoot, and I know a lot of people don't care for her, but that was one of her biggest focuses during the pandemic is we got to make sure that these kids are getting food because they come to school to get, to get, if, and that, that was heartbreaking to hear shit like that. Heartbreaking. Go, go ahead, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, man. And so my thing is, how can anyone and just a good how could any good-hearted person not be influenced by that and not want to do more to help? You know what I mean? And that's the thing where I look at these nonprofit organizations that are out there. I salute them because some of them are trying to do the good work. But I think mm-hmm. that our government can do more. And I think that these billion, that I'm going to keep putting the onus on them, these billion-dollar software entities, y'all could do more too. The guy that's sitting over here trying to fly to space every goddamn month, you can oh, do more. Oh, dude, come off, man. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. I think what they say, take I think 15 minutes to get out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. End of the day here, audience, Jules and I grew up south side of Chicago. 
Now, while we had limited to a degree resources compared to maybe some of our counterparts in school, we had access to the things that we needed to do our schoolwork. I think that every child in this country, I don't care what your background is, what you look like, what your gender is, at the basic core of things, you should be able to have the same access to education as the next person that goes to school with you. That's it. That's not asking for too much. The problem in this country is that things are so elitist that you have your haves and you have your have-nots. And you have the haves that are continue to win. And you're going to have the have-nots that are going to struggle and have every obstacle thrown in their way. And that's not fair. So if we believe in not leaving any child behind, then we need to do things to make sure that that's an actual thing and not a fucking slogan. That's all I got on this. Jules, hit them with that curtain call. Chris, this curtain call goes out to Shirley Chisholm. Chisholm had made history being the first African-American woman to be elected to Congress in 1968. She served as a representative for New York for 14 years, advocating for early education and child welfare policy. She eventually ran for president as a Democrat in 1972 race, becoming the first African-American candidate to run for a major party nomination. Chisholm's infamous campaign slogan was, unbought and unbossed. She was also one of the founding members of the Congressional Black Caucus in 1971, as well as the Congressional Women Caucus in 1977. Ms. Shirley Chisholm, President I am Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast family, would like to salute you and appreciate all your hard work. Yes, sir, Jules, thanks for that curtain call. Audience, we appreciate you guys and your continued support for the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening.